0: Welcome to Your Comics Presents. I'm Alex. I'm Laura. And I'm Jared. And this week we are going to f- start with flying characters. Why flying characters? Well, because last week I was looking around and didn't know what to, say, what to say for this week and I saw my copy of Evolution Flight. I was like, hey, let's go with flying characters. Works uh, for us. Yeah, it's good enough, right? Yep. This way we had a week to prepare. Of course, I waited until uh, about two hours ago
1: before I did my list, but preparation than I do (laughs) all right (laughs) so yeah uh,
0: characters that fly I tried to go with unique flying abilities not just the standard oh they fly just because I wanted to do some sort of weirdness to mine I don't know if you guys have any sub themes to yours or not
1: not really
2: (laughs) I don't know maybe I guess we'll, we'll see when we get there if you think it's a true sub theme or not
1: we'll figure it out as we go how about that
0: all right so who would like to go first or would you like me
1: to go first You haven't been first in a while, so let's let's you take the reins. All
0: right. So the first one on my list is Silver Surfer. Uh, His first appearance was back in Fantastic Four number 48 back in 1966. And this is my on my list. This is the newest character on my list was Silver Surfer back in 66. Um, I picked him for a couple of reasons. One, because he just looks cool. I mean, all chromed out and everything. He has a surfboard. Why is it a surfboard? I I really don't know the, a good reason for that. Because
2: he is the silver surfer. Well, yeah, but
0: other than that, like, <laughs> it seems like an odd choice. Like, oh, space alien race? Here's a flying board. We'll call it a surfboard. Here you go. Let's just go with it. Yeah, it always seemed weird. Like, oh, surfboard in space. But another reason why I picked him was I remember as a kid, I had no clue who this character was. And I got an action figure of him. I was like, oh. This is weird, I mean it's cool, shiny, whatever. Uh, kind of lame. I don't get, I don't know who it is so it just seemed lame like, oh he's I asked my cousin he's like, oh yeah, it's the silver surfer. he has powers, blah blah blah. And I was like for a long time didn't care at all. Grow up a few years after that, and I find out, holy crap is he powerful too? He has the power cosmic and he's a herald of galactus and he's has it, he's had several of his own series at this point. and what's the board's name? To me, yeah,
2: yeah. I thought about doing to me. I didn't think the silver surfer flew himself, I thought only the surfboard flew.
0: But he's on it, so that allows him to fly. So I'm gonna go with it. Okay, I made it the rules anyway, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I'll just change it as I need to. So, yeah, uh, silver surfer, like I said, knew nothing about him as a kid, and I thought he was lame. Had the toy of it, uh, the toy itself actually was kind of lame because. Shortly after playing with it, like, the metal would flake off so you'd see, like, the cheap plastic underneath. Like, well, this this extra sucks. But, oh well.
2: Did you ever watch the cartoon that was on Fox when you were a kid?
0: I watched the Spider-Man cartoon and the Batman cartoon and the X-Men cartoon that was around it.
2: Okay, Because there was a Silver Surfer one. And it should have been in that time frame. That I wonder if that's why whoever got you that toy. Because they're like, oh, this is a cartoon now. There you go.
0: I My best guess was like, hey, you want a toy? Here's an extra figure. Superhero. Sure. Uh, So, yeah, probably. Like, it probably said Marvel on it, and they just got me that. So, I don't know. I may still have the toy somewhere in my parents' house. I have no clue. But, yeah. So, Fantastic Four, or Fantastic Four's Silver Surfer is the first one on my list. Who would like to go next?
2: Maybe I should. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I picked Rogue as my, my first one that I thought had the most interesting flight ability. Because the way I understand it, she did not originally have flight as one of her mutant powers. Her mutant power is actually the ability to absorb someone's strength, memories, and powers through touch. And she first appeared in Avengers Annual number 10 in 1981. And she was a villain then under Mystique's fostering. Um, and what happened was Mystique got this warning from a character named Destiny who could see the future somehow. I'm not not exactly sure what all was going on with that. But basically Destiny said that Carol Danvers was going to hurt Rogue. And Rogue overheard this and was like, well, I'll just go stop Carol first. And many of you may know that Carol Danvers is also Ms. Marvel. She's a very powerful character. And when Rogue attacked her, she used her abilities to absorb um, Ms. Marvel's powers And Ms. Marvel fought back and, like, tried to not let her take her powers. And in that struggle and having Rogue try for so much harder and longer to absorb those powers, she took everything Carol had. Carol didn't remember who she was after that and slipped into a coma, and it got got dicey there for a minute. And so that's how Rogue gained the ability to fly, because she sucked it right out of Ms. Marvel. And also that led to, in the future... Rogue had kind of almost multiple personality syndrome. she had Carol Danvers in her head, and sometimes Carol would kind of overtake Rogue's consciousness and come out and It was it's some strange stories that pop up here and there eventually. Professor Xavier got involved with each of these women, and he taught Carol Danvers how to be more okay with knowing her memories because I guess he filled her in on what she used to be and She kind of felt like she saw all of her life as if it was a photograph book, and she looked back on it and was like, oh, this is who I was, and I guess that's who I am, but I don't feel it. I'm not connected to it. And he also had to help Rogue at a later point and teach her to push back, hold back the Carol Danvers that was inside her mind, and eventually, according to one of the things I read, she learned how to control her powers even more, too, so she can touch people now is what I've heard don't know how accurate that, that is. goes back and forth okay
0: and same with her flight sometimes she can fly sometimes she can't oh that's very in flux depending on who's writing and whatever with her oops that's oh. okay in my she world can still fly sometimes <laughs> i'm pretty sure she can still fly now so <clears throat> okay and now is relative it doesn't matter <laughs>
2: <laughs> yep and so that's that's what i got was that xavier helped both the women. And actually at one point when Xavier started helping Rogue and Ms. Marvel found out about it, she was like, what the hell, man? I thought you were my guy. And she like left. And I'm not sure when she came back. I'm sure they got better. But there was one particular story arc where she was so mad she just completely left all the X-Men. I was like, screw you guys. I'm going home.
0: Yeah, I always remember Rogue from the X-Men animated series where they introduced Ms. Marvel too with that. And like, oh, that's how she has her white hair streak was because Ms. Marvel. And I like that story better than the movie. Like, oh, I have white hair because I'm tired. Like, I hated that in the movie.
2: Oh, I didn't even notice that in the movie.
0: That was the second one? No. First one. Was it the first one? That's right, because it was the whole Magneto Statue of Liberty, Toad getting struck by light. Oh, terrible. (laughs) (laughs) It does not hold up.
2: That's been so long ago that, yeah, I forgot (laughs) that was even Uh, a thing.
0: Over 20 years ago now, so. so, yeah. Uh, I like the comic book and the cartoon version of Rogue way better than the movie.
2: Yeah, I think a little bit too remembering that episode from the animated series of X-Men might be why I'm not a big Ms. Marvel fan because she was so angry and mean and like it makes sense if you really think about it.
0: But she did not act like a hero at all. Yeah. She was definitely the villain of that story.
2: Yeah, it seemed like it, at least, because you knew Rogue first. Right. And, like, Rogue was your girl at that time. And then all of a sudden there's this weird entity. At first you don't realize that it's another real person inside Rogue, and you think that it's you think that she's a bad person because she's taking over Rogue and she's doing all this. But then you find out, oh, the coin is, or the, the royals are reversed. Rogue was the bad person who sucked her energy out. And I forget if they even were very clear that ms marvel was a superhero at first or if they just said oh she took her powers but didn't necessarily say she was a hero
0: it's been so long i don't know but i know like it definitely felt like rogue was the hero and ms marvel almost like victim blamed her like well mm-hmm. how dare you do this to me blah blah. blah. like well she was also in the, like she was being controlled by someone else and for all intents and purposes thought you were legit the bad person so i mean yes she was wrong
2: but you know it's
0: understandable how she was
2: wrong Relativity. Yeah, and if anyone wants to double check, I think this is on Disney Plus now. So
0: I believe the X Men series is.
2: If you have that series, go back and deem for yourself who was right. Speaking of who was <laughs>
0: right and who's not right, Jared, going from Laura right to Jared not right.
2: <laughs> well, his last okay. name. Okay, <laughs>
1: all right. Speaking of right and wrong, then, but I'm interpreting it that way.
2: Right. <laughs> I've got some or, or trivia wrong? for
1: you. Who was the very first character in comic books to fly?
2: Ooh, I feel like I should have looked this up. Not going to get it. Yeah. Because it's not Superman, right? Well,
1: because nope. Superman didn't fly originally.
0: Nope. I have no clue other than if they have someone that flies in an airplane at some point. No, like true,
1: true characters that <laughs> well, fly.
2: Hey, you just
0: had fly. I mean, technically they're flying well, if well, they're in an airplane. Well, then could have <laughs> chose Batman for this thing in the Batwing. Uh,
1: who, who is it, Jared? Submariner and it says human torch.
0: Oh, that's the in Marvel
1: Comics number 1.
0: That's the Invaders Human Torch, the original yeah. OG Human Torch. Yep, Cuz it
1: says Hawkman took flight in 1940, Captain Marvel uh was in 1940, but Superman didn't start flying till like 1943 or something like that. So yeah, it threw me off Submariner. And and Human,
2: human Torch, and but human
1: it, torch. It, the mariners like the main one on the heading. Well, he's just the that, famous one of that Google search.
2: The tiny wings on his ankles, or
1: we'll talk about that later,
2: okay? Because
0: that may or may not be on my list,
2: <laughs> okay? I okay. thought you said Namor, or is Namor the Submariner? The, yeah, it's the same person, okay? Sorry, I confuse them because I don't know their aliases
0: now, yeah. Not to be confused, <laughs> Namor with Aquaman, who's also the Prince of
2: Atlantis, yep, I confuse King. Them.
0: Depends on what, what, what era. What timeline. What <laughs> era, what timeline, what universe. Anywho. He was who. dead. Okay. Anywho, Jared, Anywho. who was so first my, on your list?
2: My pick,
1: uh, my first pick was actually uh, Starfire from the Teen Titans fame. She is a Tamaranian pr- uh, princess who's obviously royalty. She's got a right to their throne. But I always liked her because she always left a streak of fire from her hair when she flew. So that was uh, the main reason I picked her. <laughs> it was always fun art. She was a hothead.
2: Yeah, she was a hothead. That was very good, Alex. Thank you, <laughs> a pun master.
1: But uh, yeah, she's um, uh, start came to Earth as more of a prisoner, depending on what you know story arc you're going for for a, or an origin. But uh, she becomes a member of the Teen Titans and is romantically involved with Robin Dick Grayson, with Cyborg Beast Boy Raven. You know, if you watch the Teen Titans cartoon, there's your main core of new Teen Titans. She was not an original Teen Titan. She was in probably the most famous of their runs. Um, Yeah, that's my pick. I really don't have much, a whole (laughs) lot to say about her. I think most people know decent enough about Starfire, but... uh, Check her out in the Teen Titans Academy. Yes. That's go on. As Miss
0: Starfire. Yes.
1: And Mr. (laughs) Nightwing and Mr. Beast Boy. Right. Which is so weird. Yeah, anyway, that's a fun. But comic. it's a it's a good book. It's weird, yeah. but it's a good book. It's fun. I, I'm definitely looking forward to see
0: where they're going with it. All right. So from that one, we'll go to my second pick, uh, which is Magneto. First appearance was an X-Men number one back in 1963. Um, he's also like my favorite villain of all time too, just because who can't, who cannot feel bad for a Holocaust survivor? That's pretty hard to feel bad for, or. Hard to not feel bad for. He's a great victim, um, but I like the way he flies because he's the master of magnetism. He can fly himself, or really anybody else. By I think they say technically he alters the magnetic waves around his body and stuff. Or you know he should just be wearing metal at all times, or metal have metal in his shoes or something. You would think like wouldn't that be, be easy? Way to go! Like you just be have have a metal plate in the bottom of your shoe and just lift up your shoe that you're standing in. Yeah. That'd be easy enough. But he also has like this weird, like, bulletproof magnetic bubble around him that he does as well. He's a bubble boy. So, yeah, I think it's very cool how he can just, all right, I'm use- lifting my own body with everything and I can lift other people too. And even if they're not wearing
1: metal, I still question the. Lifting the iron in their blood. Yeah, yeah. wouldn't yeah. that we'll really with that? we're all
2: magnets. Yeah. It be... might
1: kill somebody, but, you know, I
0: mean, semantics. They did that in X-Men 2. Oh, yeah, they did. He sucked all the iron out of somebody and... Created a little platform for him to... hold a platform and bullets that he killed yeah. the rest of the guards with. <laughs> and he's like, oh, you've had too much iron in your diet lately. Thank you. And, yeah.
2: Now, has he ever used it to, like, grind someone into the earth, too? Like, make them heavier rather than lighter?
0: Only ones I've seen him do that to is Colossus and uh, Wolverine. He's like, "Oh, uh, you're dumb for bringing these people against me. They're metal. Hello, especially Wolverine. Like, it's, he doesn't have a choice in the matter. Gets his butt kicked by Magneto once a year, at least anymore. <laughs> well, whenever they're whenever they're having disagreements, yeah, yeah that's a I dumb
1: want choice. an issue of them just at a bar having a drink together, no fighting, nothing, just talking. <laughs> Talk Or
0: going yeah. over their best fights with each other. Yeah. Where it ultimately ends with Magneto winning, because yeah. come on.
2: <laughs> that makes me think of that Batman episode, The Time I Almost Got Him. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That I mean, was a good one.
0: I mean, and Magneto isn't all powerful. There are some non-magnetic metals, but-
2: Yeah, I was trying all, to remember. Is Vibranium?
0: It's, I, okay. I don't remember, Sorry. because <laughs> it's a fictional material, so I don't know. Um, it depends on who's writing it. Yeah, that's true uh reminds me of the famous somewhat famous stanley who's like oh who would win a fight between hulk and thing well it depends am i writing a hulk book because if i am then hulk wins am i writing <laughs> a, a thing book then the things gonna win it's up to the writer this argument of who would win is dumb it's all up on the writer and who's writing what what they want to do so is it magnetic i don't know if it's convenient it is sure. today <laughs> right if it's convenient yep so like captain America's shield it's vibranium and adamantium So one of those is magnetic. We at least know adamantium is because he used that to uh, control Wolverine. So is vibratum? Eh, who cares? (laughs) Until it's convenient. Who cares until it's convenient? I'll put it that way. So yeah, Magneto, he's the same on my list just because that seems really a a weird and cool way of flight. All right, who's next on your list, Laura?
2: Mine's kind of a standard flight, though. It's the vulture. But I thought he was still an interesting character. Um He was originally Adrian Tombs, although there have been quite a few other people to take up the mantle of the Vulture. Um, And he was an electronics engineer. He created inventions and tech for Gregory Bestman, but that guy was... I think he was embezzling the money or something. In the long run, Adrian lost his job, and he turns to crime in order to get money again. And he ends up using his electromagnetic harness to fly and his wings to direct him and starts stealing from banks and different things. Um, a side facet in the Spider-Man Homecoming movie, it was the tinkerer, Phineas Mason, who actually designed the suit that Adrian Toomes used to fly. And the biggest reason why it could fly in that scenario was that they were using Chitauri tech. So I thought that was cool that in this other version, it's space tech is what lets them be able to fly. It's also really interesting to me that I, I wanted to look up the real physics behind this and basically you can do some parts of what the vulture can in real life. There are rocket glider suits and there are personal helicopters, but there's not everything all at once yet. So like you can either have some sustained flight for a decent amount of time or you can have maneuverability. But you can't have both, and you definitely can't have all the weapons he's had either. Um, Another cute little fun fact, another Stanley reference. I guess he originally wanted the Vulture to be a really big guy, and he said, particularly, Sidney Greenstreet, who I'd never heard of before, but I googled him, and yeah, he's a bigger guy. That's all I can tell you. I don't know what else he's done. Um, But when Steve Ditko designed the Vulture, he's like, nah, I'm gonna go kind of small and lanky, a little more bird-like, because he's supposed to fly. And he also said it was to make space in the panel for, like, other characters and story elements. He wanted to, like, not have it all taken up by this huge person. So I thought that was cool. To, that's another choice. Like, is it magnetic? Does it do this right now? What's happening? I want him to be small, so I have more choices for what I change my mind to be for later. Uh,
0: and one thing I would mention, how you're talking about the real-life vultures, so like, how it's plausible. It reminds me a lot of what they're doing with Falcon in the Marvel Cinematic Universe also. It's like, oh... There's definitely things that are theoretically plausible, but in all physics and reality or the current technology, definitely not.
2: Yeah, it was funny when I looked up physics of this tech suit. Number one, one of the things was, oh, the, fal- the falcon suit. Could it do this or that? And I almost went down that rabbit hole, but I was like, nah, hang on. But a lot of people were like spouting a lot of fake physics and they were talking about, oh, I wish I'd written it down now. It was like molten tungsten as a power source and i was like that sounds really made up like (laughs) i know tungsten is an element like don't get me wrong there but using it as a molten power source didn't sound legit and i was pretty sure this person was just making a bunch of stuff up i was like is this an onion article what's going on here i mean
0: it's on the internet so there's a (laughs) lot of stuff
1: that's just made up all right jared What is next on your list? Or who is
0: next on your list, I should say?
1: One on my list is uh, Green Lantern and his power ring. So Green Lantern gets his powers from his power ring. He is just a normal Earth. There's aliens and everything like that. But it's an Owen technology that allows the user to use his uh, willpower to uh, create constructs. And um, he's able to fly with it make, uh, as you saw in the Green Lantern, Ryan Reynolds movie, that he could take a chair and hit somebody with it. And make a train so, and drive yes. someone over with it. Right. So you could do a lot of things with the power rings, but it, I th- always thought it was a good way to give somebody the ability to flight and not just flight, but he could fly into outer space and have breathable air. Which, which I call shenanigans I do too, because I'm like, that's <laughs> a very small bubble they put around them all the time. Like, like there's no air supply in there. Like, I get a hold of being airtight, sure, fine. Yeah, whatever. Airtight bubble, whatever.
0: But where is he making the recycling, recycling of carbon dioxide dioxide? Right. Like, come on.
1: He's going to suffocate before he gets to his destination. Unless he flies and, super fast. He could. Potentially I mean, he does go fly super very fast. Very fast with the ring. Light speed and stuff like that. But still. Yeah. Maybe
2: he compressed the air too. It could be. But yeah,
1: I always thought that was a little hakey.
2: I mean,. It's
1: comic books, you don't yeah. wanna start exactly. picking <laughs> you, away too much, yeah, like, if you nitpick comics, you're going to drive yourself up a or you just need a better day job, yeah. Like, <laughs> but yeah, um the earth want men who have been green lanterns uh hal Jordan, john Stewart uh Kyle Rayner, guy gardner, Jessica Cruz Cruz. And Paz... Simon Baz. Simon Baz, that's it. I was going to say, I knew I had that wrong They're both
0: from New 52, I believe. Jessica and Simon.
1: Yep. And, uh, yeah, they've all had really great stories individually or as teams. Uh, Some of the great ones were Sinestro Corps War, which is still orderable. I don't know if we have it on the shelf. No clue. Yeah, Sinestro (laughs) Corps War was awesome. That was really good. Yeah. Uh, Green Lantern's Power Ring. All right. Or, and or Green Lantern himself. Yeah.
0: Whichever one that is. Yes. Or herself.
1: Himself or herself. Or, herself. or the alien self. Or itself.
0: Because including the living planet that is a Ooh, Green Lantern. Yes. Uh, uh, I, I don't... Oh, he, shoot. All I um, can think of him is Marvels, which was Ego. But yeah. Anyway. Oa. Oa, that's right. Oh... Uh. <laughs> For a
2: second, I thought literally that was the name of it. Oh, well. No, that, that's <laughs> it. Oh, uh. oh uh. <laughs> All right.
0: So I will go with my final one on my list, which we teased to earlier, thanks to Jared giving spoilers. Uh, <laughs> that is Namor. First appeared in uh, Motion Picture Funnies Weekly, number one, but that was unpublished, but it was actually in Marvel Comics, number one, as you mentioned earlier. That's the uh, That's the official first appearance of Namor king of Atlantis or prince of Atlantis depending on what timeline it is where he was with the defenders and then betrayed the defenders and the allies it's very messy but I like him because he has tiny little wings on his feet that near as I could research and find and everyone else had said the wings aren't don't actually do anything for him they, they are literally just there they don't explain why it's there just oh it, it's funny because why not Captain America has wings on his head. Why can't Namor have wings on his feet? It is what it is.
2: Um, is that really the reason people gave? N-
0: well, no. They just said there's okay. no there's, there's a, there was no reason for it.
2: Okay. At first, I thought they were they were like, "Well, Captain America has these wings, so we're giving these to him."
0: <laughs> well, and let's be honest. The wings on Captain America's head are dumb too. I mean, they're they're. It almost looks like they cut off Namor's and just glued it to the side of his head. But. Namor is pretty cool. Um, he is half Atlantean, half human, and is technically considered the first mutant within Marvel Comics. I don't know how exactly why, because I thought mutants had to be the mutation on the X gene, but they're like, whatever, we're calling you a mutant. It is what it is. That seems kind of finicky-ish, but I'm whatever. It is what it is. I, I don't know. They might have retconned it where he had, does have a mutation on his genes. That's how he can fly, maybe, but. He's, I like him because he is several times the villain and rarely, rarely the hero, as much as he tries to see, he sees himself as a hero for his own race. The, well, the, his water side race, the Atlantis, Atlanteans, where he's definitely the hero of Atlantis. And it's like, Oh, I'm the ruler over the, of the oceans. Y'all can do whatever you want on land. I don't care. Ocean's my jam. We cover the majority of the earth. So, Hey, watch out. And if he's, his weakness is like if he gets too dried out, he can lose his ability to fly and gets weak, but otherwise he's super strong. And he yells Imperius Rex. Um, what does Imperius Rex mean? Absolutely nothing. Other than it's his battle cry. Uh, at least last I looked, that's what Stanley had said. He's like, oh, it just sounds cool. So that's why he yells it.
2: Yeah, isn't that like Excelsior doesn't actually have a meaning?
0: Pretty much, yeah. It's like, oh, it just it sounds cool, it's fun to write, it looks cool written down, and why not have a battle cry that does whatever? So, so yeah. Namor is the last person on my official list for flying characters.
2: And didn't his issue number five, Crossover with King and Black, come out this week?
0: I'm going to say, though, I thought the whole series did, of the new Namor. I thought that all tied in.
2: Well, yeah, but issue number five was this week. Okay, Just to yes. throw that out. and Sure. So if you want to read more about Neymar, who can fly and is. King in Atlantis issued... now, also. Or, yeah. He's in Atlantis. Yeah. Taking care of business.
0: Speaking of taking care of business, Laura.
2: <laughs> oh. Why
0: don't you take care of the last one on your list?
2: It's my turn. Um, The last guy I picked was The Buzz because I had to get a Spider Girl. In the Marvel 2 universe, there's a character named The Buzz who showed up and he could fly. And in, at first, the the Buzz, the character of the Buzz, was also his secret identity, although part of the point of this whole idea was that it wasn't really a secret. His name was Buzz Bannon. He was a former Navy SEAL, and he was, I'm not sure if he volunteered himself or how he got involved, but he became part of the Project Human Fly, and this project was created mainly by Dr. Marla Jamison, J. Jonah Jamison's wife, Dr. Sonia Jade, and Robert Douglas. And in the comic book series, there was a, a demonstration of what Project Human Fly was and what was going on. And uh, J. J. Sr., I guess J. 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 Sr., I'm going to get really confused with all these J's. Jonah was up there you know, being a windbag, talking about how great the project was and how proud he was of his wife and yada, yada, yada. And Jack Jameson, the grandson in the Marvel 2 universe, was standing behind the scenes and talking to Richie Robertson, who's, let's see, Robbie Robertson's grandson. Sorry, so many grand people in this this issue. Um, So they're kind of talking and being snarky about everything. And, of course, Buzz comes up behind J.J. and is like, Hey, so who's this windbag you think they're going to put in this suit? And uh, Jack Jameson's like, Well, I don't know, probably some some idiot, you know. And then Buzz kind of pushes past him and is like, Well, this idiot's got to go put on a good show for everybody. Bye. And J.J.'s, Jack Jameson's like, Oh, crap, I just put my foot in my mouth. But luckily, Buzz is really good at taking things with a grain of salt, like he lets things fly off his... What is that phrase? Fall off his shoulders, like, takes it well.
0: He brushes it off. It doesn't bother him.
2: Yeah, that's the word. So anyways, um, after the fact, during all the mixing and after the demonstration, during the, the mixer afterwards, Buzz is talking to Marla about Jack Jameson a little bit. And he's like, so that boy seems like a little rough around the edges. And he gets really interested and sort of takes Jack Jameson under his wing a little bit. And they get to actually be friends and go to the gym together, play ball, like, shoot hoops, whatever. Almost like a big brother relationship. And that's how, in the long run, at some point, Buzz gets this notification asking him to come to a meeting for the Human Fly Project. And it turns out it's a trap because one of the people in charge of the project, is actually a traitor. She said what she was doing, if she's just trying to steal the suit or what's going on, but basically it's a double cross. It's a and fly trap? Yeah, it was a fly trap. It was a sticky situation.
0: Yeah.
2: And in the long run, so Buzz is trapped. Oh, and um, Marla and I think J. Jonah Jameson, they're all like held hostage. J.J. as Jack Jameson, sorry, and Richie, end up trying to make a a diversion to get Buzz free so that he can get into his suit. But he gets shot in the meantime. So Jack Jameson ends up putting on the human fly suit and becoming the Buzz. But in the long run, he has taken the suit, gone off with it, and J. Jonah Jameson finds out that the Buzz died from his gunshot wound, and someone else has the suit. And he's like, no, the whole point of this was we're not going to have vigilantes. We're not going to not know who's in the suit. And now someone's killed Buzz and stolen the suit. And he's like, this is terrible. I'm on a vendetta against this masked vigilante again. Mm -hmm. And so the irony is that he hates his own grandson who has taken the suit and originally probably would have been like, yeah, Grandpa would be so proud. Except, no, he's really mad about it. And so, yeah, in the long run, J.J. has to keep sorry, Jack Jameson has to keep hiding the truth because he's afraid, well, number one, for his life and all that and what what his grandfather will do and think of him. And he ends up, um, Richie Robertson is kind of the guy in the van. He's got a lot of tech and ends up helping him as a sidekick kind of character. And yeah, one reason this always stood out to me and I really liked it was it kind of reminded me of the relationship. It parallels Spider-Man and Black Cat in my mind. Because Spider-Girl and the Buzz seem like, oh, they know each other in high school as real people and they have that superhero identity that if they could tell each other, they would have a lot to talk about. They would be have more things in common than they realize. And so that was my, my third flying character that kind of, they don't really have an explanation why he flies other than they designed a suit that can do it. I guess that kind of falls the same as the vulture and everything.
0: But. It kind of reminds me of Arthur from The Tick.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, I should have done that. <laughs> there are comic books of him. Maybe Wait, next we, time. We can do flying characters again. There are a lot of flying characters.
1: Anyway, Jared. <laughs> Sorry. Who's the last one on your list? <laughs> All right. The last one on my list is Crypto the Super Dog. It's a good dog. Very good dog. So Crypto has been, actually been around since the 1950s. A lot of people don't realize he's that old. Um, So in dog years, he's... Dog years, that's... He's ancient. Yeah. Ooh, I'm not even going to calculate <laughs> that. So, But uh, he has all of Superman's powers, so he can fly, obviously, since that's our topic for tonight, and we're talking about that. So um, he can... Heat vision, super strength, everything like that. Uh, He... I did not know this until I was kind of looking it up a little bit, but he actually had his own secret identity for a while. The secret identity was Skip, the dog. I thought that was kind of interesting. But uh, one of the... Main reasons I picked crypto was there was an issue back in like 2008, Superman 680, where it was uh, Superman was basically getting the crap out of him, and crypto comes up and saves him. And it's kind of from the point of view of crypto, I think it's Superman 680. Don't quote me on that. So don't worry, we're not. It's right around that. It's right around (laughs) that time. No evidence. So, but uh, yeah, it's uh, Superman's getting his butt kicked, and Superman's look at him. My good dog, you know, and it. The rest of it's from crypto's perspective, so it's like, oh, uh, my human's beaten up. I'm, you know, bad guy. Bite the bad guy, you know. So, and it was an Alex Ross cover on it, so that always put it that high, that much higher. So crypto, the super dog, and he, his first live action.
0: Uh, I just want to do some quick picks. If you have anything that come to mind, feel free to just mention the name. Uh, storm from the X Men. Uh, how she can just use her wind to fly
1: herself. Uh, that note, I'm going to go with the flash because he can spin his arms really fast and create uh, winds that push him up. Sure.
0: Again, so. <laughs> physics and comic books are really fun to throw out.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, that's like Thor. We were supposed to include him too. Thor, Doesn't yeah. he spin Mjolnir? Yeah, he spins yeah, Mjolnir and throws just, it. Just and holds then on. <laughs> he, just
0: holds, he throws Mjolnir and just holds on to it. And that, that's what flies him around. Um, Banshee from the X-Men also. How he and or she, depending on if it's him or his daughter, would just scream and then catch the sound waves bouncing off the ground and catch it in their suit and fly off of that. Very weird. Physics. Yeah, the physics physics really doesn't add up on those, but it is what it is.
2: Lately, the symbiotes now, they've been using their shapes to do wings and dragons, and they fly that way. So Venom can fly now.
0: When he feels like it.
2: Which is more often now. I mean, you'd think that's a pretty useful power.
0: So. Um, Hulkling from the Young Avengers is a part Kree, part scroll, and yeah, he would transform his back into wings and would be able to fly that way too. Very similar to the way Venom does it, actually. Just green.
1: Uh, yeah, so those are... You know, oh, beast boy. He can turn into a bird or pterodactyl and fly away that way. Why don't you hear a pterodactyl go to the bathroom? Because
0: the pee is silent.
2: Yeah, I knew that. All right. <laughs> yeah, and, and Spider-Man's mech suit lately in that Avengers mech suit. Mega, mech strike. Avengers That's mech right.
0: strike. Yeah. So yeah, lots of superheroes. And Angel slash Archangel from the X-Men also. I'll throw that one out too.
2: He has real wings, I think.
0: If he's regular Angel, yes. If he's Archangel, then he has real metal, like, jet engine wings. It's very weird. But you can think Apocalypse for that one.
2: Thanks, Apocalypse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> So, with that, we'll move on to some of our favorite books that came out this week, the week of Wednesday, February 14th. Today's the 15th as we're recording this, so you'll probably hear that either tonight or tomorrow, depending on how fast I can go with the edit. So, what are some books that stood out to you guys
1: this week? Um, I'll go first on this one. Uh, one that stood out to me was called uh, Lighthouse by Jules Verne. Or, well, it's Jules Verne's Lighthouse, not by him. David Hine wrote it. Let's get that right, Jerry. Yeah. So, But this is about a space station that's set up near a whole bunch of black holes, and it's basically a literal lighthouse for incoming ships so they don't get sucked into those black holes so they can you know get them on the right path and everything like this. Well, they've got a ragtag crew of characters that are fun, and I'm looking forward to see where they're going to go with this because this is issue one, so it's getting their introductions and in who's who and everything like that. My favorite was the robot. Yes, mine too. The robot is awesome. But uh, it gives that starts out, or in about halfway through, uh, a ship comes in out of nowhere, and it's a group of pirates looking to take over. Uh, we don't know what they're there for, what they're after. What, if they're just trying to take control of the lighthouse, so any ships coming or going is that their you know whim. So we don't know going forward. But uh, this was a solid first issue. I'm really looking forward to seeing where they're going with this. It was a lot of fun. It was also
0: Adrian's pick this week. Yeah. He texted me uh, today saying that was his pick of the week. So
1: Yeah, it was a great science fiction book.
2: Yeah, at first, I was a little turned off by it, but when I got done with everything else and I thought back, I was like, nope, that, that was one of the best ones this week.
1: Yeah, and the art's really solid on it. The art looks really great. Sometimes the science fiction books can really be scratchy or offlines and stuff, but this was a solid one.
0: All right. Uh, one that stood out to me this week was Batman Urban Legends issue number two. Uh, this takes up from, there's one story that takes, well, there's a couple of stories, but one that stood out to me that takes up from the first one that followed the red hood where the red hood was on a mission to, you know, bust up some drug dealers and whatever and finds this kid that is with his mom that has passed out, overdosed on drugs. He's taking care of him, tries to find the dad. Turns out the dad is a real scumbag and was part of the whole, uh, drugs. He was basically the drug dealer that overdosed the mom. And Red Hood's like, you know what? Screw you. Slight spoiler at the end of the first issue. Straight up murders the dad. Like, boom, dead. And doesn't tell the kid that, hey, I just murdered your dad. You could be an orphan if your mom doesn't pull through her overdose. We'll see. Um, but it's really cool to see Red Hood as a father figure, parental figure. Uh, like, you know, you, you can definitely tell within the book he's trying to wage. Like, oh, should I? Should I take this kid as my own? Should I be the Batman to this kid? I mean, I worked, I turned out okay. Oh, um, well. Murder just a Right. And in this issue, you find out that uh, Jason Todd actually murdered someone when he was a kid. He murdered his mom's drug dealer. Oh. Um, she the, the dealer gave her drugs and was getting ready to leave and was heading down the stairs to leave. And Jason just, boop, pushed him right off the stairs, tunneling down. So, like. Even before he was Red Hood or anything, he was—he murdered someone then, or at least they definitely hinted that he murdered that guy. Like, oh, he just tripped down the stairs. Oh well, no, he murdered him. But this one has good consequences with Batman showing up. Like, what are you doing? Uh, who is this kid? What, who? Why? Why? <laughs> um, so, and that's part two of it. There'll be more that's going on, um, and that is a story that is continuing on some of the other stories, there's a bunch of one shots in here and probably one of my favorite stories this week actually is a Barbara Gordon story, AKA Oracle, where she's going against a, as far as I can tell, it's a new villain. I don't recognize her. Um, the villain's name is Vivian Ross or Vi Ross or virus. And she is a hacker and basically is everything opposite of Oracle like or the bad version of Oracle. So they start out with them like, out trying to do one-up each other of, like, technological stuff and everything. And at one point, the virus is going undercover to try to do another heist. But, sure, her name text is Pat Hogen. Put together, Pathogen. Um, Really fun. And it's really cool to see Oracle out and about on the streets. Walking. Walking. And um, just doing hero things without being Batgirl and... Doing your own thing. Uh, there's also stories in here following Grifter and then the Outsiders as well. Uh, those characters don't mean as much to me, but if they care to you, then that's even more for you. I mean, there's a lot of stuff in here. It's an $8 book. Honestly, the Red Hood and Oracle stuff, that alone is worth the $8 price of admission, in my opinion. All right. Uh, what else is to, to you guys? Laura, anything?
2: I think that I'm going to fall back on Dark Heart, the Heart of the Hawk, number one. It seemed like it should be a good jumping on point. The character, as he's doing his monologue in his head, keeps saying, I've only been at this for a minute. I feel like I'm a fraud. Like, I don't know how to be a hero. So it seems like it's early in his career. Although they also made a reference to Dark Hawk number six or eight right away. And I was like, uh, maybe there's been a recent retelling of this story. I don't know. But one of the best things, too, was there was a little tiny Spider-Man cameo in the middle of this issue, so you gotta get it just for that. If you, um, It was interesting to me, it's set in a universe where apparently the Guardians and, like, the Nova Corps don't exist anymore. So Darkhawk feels like he's making up for the lack of superheroes in his world. Um, there were three short stories in this book. A one reference they made was that apparently the the suit that... Makes him Darkhawk. I guess I don't even really know how his powers work, but it seems like there's like a genetic memory going on. So it reminded me of Venom and his symbiote, how when the symbiote wants to, it can reveal to Venom more things that have been going on and like talk to the hive mind and give him information. And Darkhawk's suit or powers were somehow feeding him memories as well in one of the stories. And I thought that was a, a cool, cool power to have.
0: All right. Yeah, and for this one, I'm going to add on, like, I don't know really anything about Darkhawk going into this, and it was a very good issue one. Like, it set up everything pretty well, and yeah, I'm definitely curious to see what else they're going to do with it. So, Darkhawk
1: number one. All right, Jared, what else stands out to you this week? Pick of the week was actually Joker number two. Uh, This is still following Jim Gordon, a group of um, people don't know who they are, has hi- hired Jim Gordon to hunt down and kill the Joker. Um, he actually starts off by, in this issue, uh, uh, trying getting a hold of Batman uh, and showing Batman what he has learned against where Joker is and everything like that, and wants access to his Bat computer, pretty much, and anything he needs. He wants a direct line to Batman in which he... Uh, you know, Batman's like Oracle. Are you listening? And of course she is. Yeah, of course she is. But uh, Jim Gordon plays his card right then and there and calls Oracle Barbara right away. So that it was a great little reveal because Batman is shocked. Like he's act. You know, Jim Gordon actually made Batman speechless there. Which is <laughs> weird because, like, come on, he's
0: yeah one of the best detectives. Like
1: right, come on. So, but yeah, um, it's. Now getting to the point where Jim Gordon knows that Barbara's Oracle and they know each other knows and everything like that. So they're actually talking about it. That dynamic is wonderful yeah, too. of them that was, actually hashing it out because yeah.
0: recent readers that read uh, Batgirl knows that like Gordon, quote, hates
1: Batgirl. Right. Because he, he thinks that she killed his son. Right. And they address that. A lot of this issue is actually just sitting and talking. Right. You know, but it was such great. The writing is, who is it? James Tinian. That would make sense. Yeah. Well, His good. dialogue is really Ding. good in this. So, uh, yeah, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a newer character. I don't know if she's been around. Near as I can tell, this I is don't a don't first I don't even appearance. know her name in this, but, uh, yeah, that was fun. And they do, I think, reveal who hired Jim Gordon in this. I won't give that away. But there is a follow-up in the Blackgate Penitentiary featuring a uh, Punchline. So, there's a follow up story there that was okay. It's got Bluebird in it. If you remember her, she hasn't really been in a whole lot. She was a Bat family member for a little while, but I honestly haven't seen her in a while. So, I didn't know she was still around, to be honest. So, I, her, I just haven't been paying attention. So, but yeah, Joker number two. It was a great book. Which, my only complaint with that is it should be called Jim Gordon.
0: But Jim Gordon doesn't what? sell. Joker does. Exactly. Yeah.
1: But I'll tell you, they've done a really good story or, yeah, a really good job with the story. It kind of is a Joker story from the aspect of Jim Gordon's hunting the Joker, you know.
0: But so, per page count, there's like one page of Joker oh, yeah. within the whole book.
1: Oh, right. And that's the way the first issue was too. Right. You know, it is a true Jim Gordon story. Which, this is, Does it say how many issues it's going to be out of on the cover there? Uh, no, it just says issue two. It might be ongoing. I really don't know. I
0: think. I want to say it's a miniseries. I want to say it's like Let a 12, check 12 or six issue if mini- there's DC is very bad at saying what they're going to be on the cover or anything.
2: Yeah, 12 is barely a miniseries anymore. Or like that's a, a real
0: Or yeah, or just a, or a yeah. series that just got canceled. Like, all right, well,
1: 12 is good enough. It doesn't say. It just says ba- uh, the Joker number two in the little all the Who knows? credits and stuff like that. And there's something coming out to care for at all, and that's Batman slash Fortnite. I mean, I so we're, we're going to... I think to, it's going to go... It's going to hit that genre that it wants to.
0: So tangent time here. Uh, y- over my original instincts of were against it also, but we are getting people that are calling in the store like, hey, I want to get this and blah, blah, So, Yeah, I think, so it, yeah, it is I think it's going to hit that demographic. Because it comes with downloadable content for the Fortnite game within the book.
1: Oh, okay. So that's, so there's a cross-promotion in that as right. well, not just the title cross-promotion. Right. At least
0: I'm pretty... I'm about 80, 90% sure that yes... Okay. Uh, there will be content for the Fortnite game in the comic book. Okay. Uh, another book I want to mention this week is Batman the Detective, number one, one of six six issue miniseries. Um, first, Jared, do you know the the characters, Squire?
1: Yes, and Knight. And Knight. Yep. Yes,
0: they are in this. Oh wow. Um,
1: that's from Batman Incorporated. I'm guessing. I believe. Uh, some I knew of them before that. There was a uh, I don't know if it was Detective or Batman if may have even been Robin. But there was a story arc with Batman and Robin, Tim Drake uh, crossing over with Knight and Squire, and they fight some bad guys. It was a good story arc. They're
0: basically the Batman of the UK. Yeah. Near as what I can tell. Pretty much. Um, in this series, it starts with uh, Batman Bruce saying, you know what? Uh, there's nothing here for me in Gotham anymore. Like, My whole family's gone. Alfred's gone. I need to clear my head, more or less. So he goes out to England and is trying to solve some crimes and without getting too deep into it,
1: uh, it's pretty good. And it has characters that I had no clue who they were. So you just told me that. I actually kind of want to pick it up now. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually uh, like their story arcs with Night and Squire.
0: And it's a 6 issue mini-series to it, so it's really nice. Uh, it's written by Tom Taylor. Like that's, Oh. Like, that's you know, all I wish I would
1: have seen that. I would have picked it up right then and there.
0: Um, there's, uh, like a, a, there's a new terrorist group that looks like a bunch of White-costumed Batmans. Okay, that looks cool. so. Okay, I'm going to pick that up. Yeah. <laughs> I was surprised that you didn't pick it up. I was like, oh, you seem to interrupt. I, so. It
1: was just a mini series so I'm like, eh, I'm going to pass on that. I didn't see that Tom Taylor. Uh,
0: But Batman also, has come to the conclusion in this series that, you know, he's been saving people, but not, like, on a grand scale. He's only been like, oh, okay, I'll I'll rescue victims. I won't actually prevent any crimes. So, And that comes back to bite him in this. So. Oh, cool.
1: Well, I'll have to check that out then.
0: So that is Batman the Detective, number one. Laura, what else stood out to you this week?
2: I don't know. Didn't you want dibs on spider You can spider take it Shadow? and I
0: can just say it is also my pick of the week.
2: Okay. Um, I did think it was interesting then. So this
0: is Spider-Man's Spider-Shadow.
2: Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Number one. It's a What If series, and they said that they're this is like a new take on What Ifs, where instead of it just being one issue, it's going to be like a mini-series one if, What If to flesh out the ideas a little better and i almost feel like it's kind of a black label marvel a little bit kind of like dc does because it gets pretty dark in there too yeah very
0: dark yeah
2: but but it makes sense because it's um it is back to spider-man having the symbiote and being overtaken by the symbiote um, which is an alien creature that he found in the secret wars on a foreign planet at first he just thinks it's a new costume but in this issue in particular, like, he still, at the beginning, thinks it's just his costume. And by the end, he's learned and gotten it analyzed by Reed Richards to find out that it is a living, symbiotic, possibly, like, parasitic creature. And it's starting to give him nightmares and change his demeanor and make him do things he wouldn't normally want to do.
1: He does them, though. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> And uh, the other antagonist in this issue is the Hobgoblin. I won't say too much, though. I guess basically.
0: Some bad stuff happens.
2: Yeah, Spider Man threatens the Hobgoblin and kind of humiliates him a little bit. And so the Hobgoblin kind of sets out to feel better about himself by going after Spider Man again. And that sets the story into motion, I think is a pretty good way to say it. Yeah. Hey. Well, this was. Giving written, anything away. This
0: one's written by Chip Zdarsky, too. Um, it is. Definitely a, like you said, a black label. It feels like a black label from DC where it is a dark story. And I like that. Yeah, it's either four or five issue miniseries of a, a what if kicking off the new era of what ifs. Um, normally I'm against that. Like, no, just one and done. I love those. But this, like, okay, if the story's this good, I'm cool with it. Yeah. Um, And one thing with the Hobgoblin, Peter Parker does something to him. It's he's like, no, we always agreed, these unwritten rules, these unspoken rules that, you know, you don't do certain things. You don't unmask people. You don't go after the family, blah, 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 blah. Well, you broke one of those unwritten rules, so it's all fair game now. And Hobgoblin does some bad stuff.
2: I never realized that there was the unwritten rule about what Spider-Man did to the Hobgoblin. So I, I thought that that was fair game.
0: Yeah, that it seems <laughs> to come out of nowhere because they've never really said anything before. I mean... The general rule in comics has been, like, typically we don't see them take off each other's masks. They always threaten to or whatever, but we never actually see them succeed at it. This one, Spider-Man full-on unmasks Hobgoblin and, like he, like you said, embarrasses him. And, yeah, that that seemed weird. Like, oh, that was one of the rules that we don't do that. Really? Since when? Like,
1: Yeah, but most of the villains, like, they'll tie up the superhero and dangle them over a pit with sharks but won't take their mask off while they're tied up. Right.
0: Or people that try to unmask Batman, they get electrocuted because he put in mask defenses. <laughs> hmm. It just—he's well, Batman, yeah. You know, he'd rather electrocute <laughs> yeah.
1: somebody than you know take off his masks.
0: But it still seemed like an arbitrary plot device that they just threw in there. But it's a what if, so I guess whatever it takes to get the story going. Um, and this, this Venom because I'm, I'm going to call him full-on Venom at this point, is definitely a Venom we have not seen before, because it is a full-on Spider-Man Venom, not just a Flash or any... Or...
1: Spider-Man villain from when he... Or nope. Venom when he was actually a villain. Right. The anti-hero.
2: Yeah, and it was throwing me off, too, because there is a symbiote Spider-Man series going on right now, too. And I was like, they're already doing this. What's going on? And I was like, oh, this is getting dark. Okay, that's the twist they're putting on it.
0: Also, they can just keep making money off of it. Yep. Always make money off of Spider-Man. Pretty much always make money off of Venom. Yep. Sure.
2: Because isn't Venom 2 coming?
0: Uh, the movie is supposed is scheduled to come out this year. I don't know, with the way the world has been on fire, I don't know. But
2: <laughs> Venom can't handle the fire.
0: Right. That's one thing they address in this. Like, <laughs> hey, no fire, bad. So, uh, all right, and uh, I think that's about it for books this week. Uh, Laura, did you actually say what your official pick was, or?
2: No, I didn't really. Well, maybe I said Darkhawk at the time. I, I think that a lot of times, we, as we're going along, we're like, this is my pick. This is my pick. This is my pick. All of them are our picks.
1: I went back but. and forth on the Joker <laughs> and the Lighthouse, but I had to give it to the Joker. Dialogue between Jim Gordon and Barbara Gordon was just awesome. It was and up there for me. Jim Gordon shut Batman up finally. Yeah. I, he silenced Batman. It it was a tough call for me, but I was like,
0: uh, eh, I'll go with Spider-Man this time because yeah. Joker will sell automatically, so we'll, yeah. we'll we'll push some more Spider-Man, even though number ones always sell well too. Oh yeah. Oh well. But number two is great.
2: Yeah, I'm always torn on like the criteria for a pick because it's like, oh there's there's what I really liked and what I think everyone should be reading. And then there's what I think people will actually buy. And it's like... Okay. I go with what I like.
1: I mean, it's it's my pick. <laughs> it's my suggestion to what people, you know... I go with my second choice. It depends See, I totally me. will. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on case-by-case case basis for me, so...
2: I guess I've been told a lot that I have poor taste, too. So I'm like, eh, well, what I like isn't going to be what I like. Yeah, but they're wrong. They don't like Spider-Man, so screw those guys.
1: Actually, I have said my second choice if one of you guys have picked the right. same book. As long as somebody liked it. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right. So this is a long episode. So we will continue making it longer of our Heroes of the Week that we mentioned earlier that Laura did remind Jared before we started.
1: Yep, I'm ready. Jared's
0: ready. I'm going first. Jared is diving on it first. Yep. Jared, who is
1: your hero, be it combo character or otherwise? I'm going with crypto because I had forgotten how good that one issue of crypto you know, from his point of view, it really was. And the character that was beating up Superman was Atlas, and he just goes all in. His, his buddy is getting beat up, so he's going right after him. Beats, Gee. and he does a really good job of putting Atlas on his on his heels after he just beat up Superman. So,
0: see, I'm I'm surprised you didn't pick what who my hero is going to be. That's Jim Gordon.
1: I almost did. So I, I, his is yeah. so good. I'm with
0: Jim Gordon because he he knows who Barbara. Batgirl, Oracle. He knows who they are. He knows Took his him kid.
1: Yep. And they also do say in that issue um, he was waiting on Batman to ask him what else he knows. Right. So it's like, oh, Jim Gordon's already on it. You I, know. I would say he knows who Batman is. Oh, I think so too. Uh, yeah,
0: I think he he has known, but
1: he knows who the whole Bat family is. Yeah.
0: So yeah, uh, who Laura? you get the wrap it up of who is your favorite hero of the week.
2: Okie doke. I am going to be a little bit of a suck up. It's actually one of my supervisors at work I've decided to pick, Scott Gronis, because he let me borrow from him a bunch of books to study for the wastewater operator test that I'm going to take tomorrow. So I've been really diving into those books and I wouldn't have them if not for him finally finding them in his house. (laughs) That was nice of him. Good guy.
0: All right. So with that we will say thanks for listening thanks for subscribing because chances are if you're not if you're not subscribed you're probably not listening to this so yeah thanks for being subscribed um thank you for sharing and thank you for sharing because sharing is caring be kind rewind and other fun slogans I can't think of uh yeah so we will be back next week barring any catastrophic instances we should be here I, I hope there should be any issues but shouldn't be Hey. Just
2: comic issues. Right.
0: The the best kind of issues there are, comic book issues. So with that, we will say thank you for listening and have a good one.